Welcome. Welcome back to LWI. This is the very first uh, LWI service of 2019. And I'm so pumped. Also, got to figure out if this is weird or not. I mean, because of my height, this is a good, it's a good height for me that the table is not up here with me. It's actually down here. I just need to know from your standpoint, does this look, does this look awkward or is it all right? Cool. Thank you, Brittany. All right, we're going to roll. We're going to roll. Thank you. Because it just feels weird to me. And if it feels weird to me and I'm thinking it looks weird to you, I'm not going to be able to preach the right way. So I, I can get, I need at least one of those, I need one of those things to work. Like if it feels good for me and you think it looks weird, I don't care. If you think it looks good and I think it's weird, like that's fine. But if both are off, I can't do it. So as long as I know we got one of those things perfect. Boom, 2019 is here. Fresh year. That means a lot of things for a lot of people because I, 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 here's the thing. There's things that happen in our culture that like swing pendulums all the time where everybody's about something and then once everybody gets about something, there's this group of people who are all anti that thing because everybody's about it. And then they go to the other side of the, the, the pendulum. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's about this, but they don't want to be about what everybody else is about. So they're like, we're going to go be about this because it's the opposite of that. And then we've been doing that for a while, and then people go all the way back. So here's what I'm saying. New Year's resolutions is kind of that thing for me. New Year's resolutions were a big thing. Everybody made New Year's resolutions. You know, this was the thing I'm going to do for my new year and blah, blah, blah. And then there's this wave where everybody's like, anti-New Year's resolutions. Like, we're not going to be about New Year's resolutions because everybody does it and blah, blah, blah. So we're over here in this new camp, which is like anti-New Year's resolution land. It's like, we don't do that because all of those people do it, and that's not me. I don't, I don't need New Year's resolutions. I am a New Year's resolution all year long. <laughs> but here's what I would like to, to, to submit to you. I think we need to come back a little bit I think I'm seeing some people come back a little bit more to the middle where they're not on one end or the other. And so tonight's kind of a little bit about that because it's more, what I'm calling tonight is recalibrate Sunday. Recalibrate Sunday. You know when something is is off um, with, with your, like for example, that screen in the back right there. I don't know if y'all can take a look at it for a second. It says status waiting for connection. That screen in the back right now, just it needs to be recalibrated. It's not working. It's frozen. Something is messed up with it. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced that with your phone. It's just slow. The lights are jittery. Everything in here is getting a little bit funky. And what, what sometimes what you need to do is you need to reset your phone. You need to turn it off and turn it back on. You need to turn your computer off, turn it back on. And you need to, you need to let it recalibrate. You need to let it get it back onto the course of where it needs to be. And that's what today's kind of like. And I'm not going to give you a bunch of New Year's resolutions to consider for the new year as much as I want you to consider a main idea that I believe that the Spirit of God is saying, go to this tonight to challenge these students and to challenge these leaders with for 2019 as a way of recalibrating where they are to help them go the way that I've called them to go for this new year. So this is Recalibrate Sunday. We're back to LWI services every Sunday night at 630 throughout the rest of the semester, uh, except for a couple random ones, which we'll make sure we communicate on Instagram. If you don't follow us yet, at LWI High School, follow us, because that's where we give all of our communication about the things coming up. But every, every Sunday night, we're back. And, uh, and tonight, to kick things off, we're going we're gonna to do a Recalibrate Sunday. And one of the ways that we're kicking things off is we're going to introduce something that's been really important to me that we haven't done yet. But it's so important to me we went out and we just made it happen because it's something that 
in LWY, Living Water Youth's culture, is so, it's so a part of who we are. And it's, it's going to be so a part of who we will be going forward that we need to get it in us in a, in a way that's more tangible. And so I'm going to have some adult leaders, if you guys wouldn't mind grabbing some of those baskets. Um, tonight, the, the, the text that we're going to be in, the, the scriptures we're going to be reading is in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and so what we encourage students to do is if they have a Bible, if they own a Bible, or their parents own a Bible, my, my encouragement to them is on Sunday nights to bring their Bibles to church, to LWY, because it's, it's a really important book. And here's what can happen. I can get up here and say anything. And I can be like, God said this, and God said that, and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And you can walk out of here and have no clue if I'm actually, like, right or wrong, unless you've got one of these, and you're reading with me, and you're going, whoa, 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 hold up. That's not in the scripture. You're twisting that a little bit. It's so important that you, that you have a relationship with the Bible, with, with God's word. We, we value it so much. So what we encourage you all to do is bring a Bible on Sunday nights. Now, I understand a lot of people don't. Either A, you don't have a Bible, which, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, a personal Bible, come find me. Then we will find a way to get you a personal Bible because it is that important. I will personally pay for it. It's that imp- important for me for you to have God's word in your life in a, in a personal way. But for those that forget their Bibles or they can't find their Bibles or whatever, every Sunday night we're going to make available um, LWY Bibles and the ESV translation that we're going to have every single Sunday night adult leaders pass out so that when we go to the scriptures together, I'm going to say turn to page 761 because that's what it'll be. If you don't know where Matthew is, you don't want to flip through it and try to find it. You can just go right to page 761 and find it and read with us as we read the scripture because it's so important to me that you begin to become more and more familiar with this book with what's in with the words that are going to transform your life in it it's not a, just an ancient text it's a living and active word it like like it's literally food for me it literally feeds me it changes my life it fuels me it helps me see things that are incorrect i'm seeing incorrectly it, it, I, there's so many things that the bible helps you understand about who God is, which ultimately helps, under, helps you understand who you are and your purpose and your value as you understand him more and more. So that's something we're doing going forward. So the book we're going to be reading from tonight in our, in, our, in our time together is the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 is where we're going to start. So go ahead and turn there if you have your Bibles. If you don't, I'm going to have some of my leaders come up, and they're going to have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, will you raise a hand? They're going to give you a Bible because we're going to turn there together. So if you don't have a Bible, keep your hand up. They're going to bring you a Bible. They'll bring one to you. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. We are turning to page 761 in the LWI Bible. If you don't have your own, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33. I'll give you a couple seconds to get there. This table has stickiness on it. (laughs) Somebody ate pancakes up here for sure. Got a couple more up here. 761, 761 to 762. We'll be in, we'll be in both those pages. The book is Matthew. It's one of the, the four gospels. It's one of the four accounts of the good news of Jesus. Okay, here we go. Let me give you some context here. Uh, this is important for me because if you just come to youth group, if you just come to LWY and then you go home and nothing changes, then I, I, this, isn't, this isn't, what are we doing? 
I want this to be something when you come on Sunday nights, it translates into your life that you can bring back home Monday through Saturday. Uh, and this is a part of the way that this is going to help that. So you're getting familiar with God's word on a deeper level. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking and he's just dropping bombs. He's just like, here's the truth, boom. Here's the truth, boom. And everybody's like, what's happening? Everything he's saying is like, it so, seems so backwards compared to all the things that we thought about religion and we thought about God. Jesus is about to speak to, he is about to speak to this issue of anxiety. He's about to speak to this issue of, of, of provision, of, of resource in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I'm going to read it. It'll be in the Bible, uh, page 761, 762. And if for some reason you're still not about either of those things, it will also be on the screen. But I'd love for you to read along with me in the physical Bible if you got one. So here we go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus is speaking, and here's what he's saying to the people listening then, 2,000 years ago, but then also to us tonight. Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Neither, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I love that. Pause for a second. And if you, if you have... If you have your own Bible, actually, you know what? We can do it in the LWY Bible, too, if you want. Let's just do it because there are Bibles, and I'm the pastor here for now, so we could do it. So uh, if you have a pen, just be clean. Will you be clean? Will you, will you underline in your Bible or the LWY Bible, your heavenly Father feeds? Those four words there. Cool? That's important that, that you see that your heavenly Father feeds him. Moving on. Are you not of more value than they? Verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows. Can we do one more, another, another line? Those four words there, your heavenly Father knows. If you have the Bible there, your heavenly Father knows. Would you underline that? Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Verse 33, here's, here's the verse for our night. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. One more underline. Seek first. Seek first. Jesus, tonight, will you speak to us? Will you help us see more clearly, hear more clearly what you want to say? to us about our lives, about what you're doing in and through us and what you want to do in and through us in this next season, 2019. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Way to go. Some of you are, you're pretty pumped about your underlining job that you just did. Some of you, I mean, some of you got a little, got a little probably squirrely with it and you got, you did a little jag and you're thinking about, oh my gosh, I just messed that up. Don't worry about it. There's a lot of grace here. A lot of grace title of my message tonight is seek first seek first what do you let me ask you a personal question 
what do you in your life seek first? I think about when I wake up in the morning. First thing I'm doing, well, I, I seek first. It's usually the bathroom. I just, at least that's just me. That's a little too much. Seek first. I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. Seek first. I'm seeking, I'm seeking the bathroom first thing. But most of the time from that point forward, and even that is actually technically it's chase. It's about me. From that point forward, the rest of my day is a war about seeking what Chase wants versus what God wants. I mean, if that's, I'm just being real. Like that, from that point forward, I don't think God really cares about me going pee, but from that point forward, my seek first, there's a war for my seek first every single day. And there's not a day that I wake up that my, my, initial, my initial feeling is like, God, what do you want? My initial breath is, oh, I have to fight through what Chase wants to really seek and figure out what God might want. What do you seek first in your life when it comes to the things, whether it's the first part of your day, when you have something bad that happens, when something like not expected happens in your life, and it, or like just let's go small scale. Like someone said something rude to you. Like someone said, made a comment to you that, like, uh, that, that offended you and hurt your feelings or did something to you, left a comment on Instagram or didn't like your picture or said something to somebody else that you heard about, because that's always the worst, right? You, you didn't hear it just straight up. You heard it from somebody else about whatever, that some gossip went down. The first thing, what's the first thing you do in those moments? Because this is what I know a lot of people do. This is what I've done different times in my life. I want to tell somebody about it. I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I, seek, I, I seek first telling somebody else about the things that just were told about me by somebody else and that kind of thing. I, I go bring that to somebody else, and I, I want to I bring them in on the frustration and the offense that I feel and the, the hurt that I'm feeling. I, I want to go tell somebody. I seek somebody else. How do you in your life when it comes to seeking first, what is this looking like for you where, with where you're at right now? Because when I really take a step back from my life personally, and I look at our generation at large, I feel like we have a seek first problem. I feel like it's a pretty, it's epidemic, really. It's not even just like a problem. It's an epidemic. It's a, it's a, it's a seek first epidemic. And I want to take us to this text because this text, I think, tonight is going to help us see something in our own lives from Jesus' vantage point that will change our lives if we are open to what God wants to say. A couple observations we need to see from this text that we just read in Matthew chapter 6. The first observation we need to see, and this was part of our underlining the, those first two parts is that God the Father is your source and provider. Jesus makes it really, really clear that when it comes to your life, when it comes to all the things you care about, when it comes to all of the things that you need to survive and to thrive and to be fulfilled and to be happy and to be taken care of and to find your purposes and to be provided for, Jesus points his listeners, he points us tonight to the truth that God the Father is our source and our provider. Why is that important? Well, one of the ways that Jesus illustrates this is he takes the other end of the spectrum. He takes the most, like, insignificant things, like lilies. Has anybody seen a lily recently? <laughs> anybody know what a lily is? Yeah, thank you. It's like, lilies, like, it's a, I just think of, like, the things floating on the water. That's what I'm thinking of. That's not the same thing. Well, that's what I was thinking of. I just haven't seen a, I haven't seen a lily pad in a long time, so I was. There's an old school Disney movie that's like there's a there's a frog involved. I think that's it. Maybe it's not a frog. It's a weird movie. It was a weird Disney movie that like should have been on a different shelf. 
that's probably it. Yeah, that's it. And I just I don't even know why I watched it. I don't even know how I got to watch it. Just like it should it was like on the shelves with all the normal Disney movies. It should have been removed to a different shelf. Anyway, Jesus illustrates something that's completely insignificant, like grass. And he he he's emphasizing this point that God is so faithful and he's so capable and he's so able that even the grass that has no purpose in regards to eternity or soul, God's taken care of. God makes sure that it's provided for, that it has what it needs, that the birds of the air that are, are, are taken care of. But here's what I think is, is important. It's, it's important for us to see the difference. That not only is God source, but he's provider. Not only is God this place that, that these birds, like, like he's not just this like warehouse of that we go to that has the stuff that we need. Not only is he the warehouse, but he's also the provider. Like he's also the one that, not only is he the, he, I love that Jesus is so clear in his language that he says that your, your heavenly father feeds them. Like, not only can your heavenly father provide, like, be the source for the food, but he actually takes the next step of feeding the insignificant birds and the grass. I love, I think that's so important for us to see that God, Jesus is making it really clear. We have to see before we take any steps forward with seeking first that God's our source and our provider. Because here's what's going on. We are all seeking a lot of other things for our source and our provision. We spend a lot of time and energy in our lives Seeking after a different degree of source. Like we, we go to something else for the things that we need more than we go to God. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't get over the fact that like general affirmation from people is such a big deal for, for, for a lot of us. Like whether it's through the digital form of social media, whether it's through in-person interaction, we, we live off the source of affirmation from others in order to be, to be happy or healthy. And it's killing people. Like, if they're not getting it from their mom or dad, like, it's killing them. If they're not getting it from their friends at school, it's killing them. If they're not getting it from their significant other, it's wrecking them. Or the person that they hope would be their significant other. People's affirmation has become God. It's, it's become our source. And when we don't get it, and when people fall short and they fail us, and when people don't love us the way we hope that they will love us or they don't talk to us the way we hope they will talk to us or give us the attention or spend the time with us that we long for them to, then we crumble into these pieces of broken people because we've turned to people's affirmation as our source. But Jesus is reminding us when it comes to our life, God the Father is your source. He's your source and he's your provider. Not only is he the, he's the place that has it all, but he takes the next step to giving us what he has. I love that. First, that's the first observation. We see God the Father is our source, provider. Second observation we see here is that when we seek the kingdom of God first, the king takes care of everything else. When we seek God's kingdom first, God's taking care of all of the other things that we need. Jesus is in this last scripture. This is the one I want, I want to like, I want it to sear into our souls a little bit. For all of us, students, leaders alike, myself included. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All what things? All the things he just described and beyond, the whole spectrum, all the things you need to be taken care of, to survive and to thrive and to walk in the fullness of life that he's called you to. God's faithful to take care of. But there's this little, I won't call it equation, but there's this little step 
that, that Jesus describes as seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's a, a precursor to the reality of God taking care of everything else. And this is the thing I want to speak to tonight and to challenge our hearts with, this concept of seeking first, because we have a seeking first problem. And if, and if we have a seeking first problem, if we, if we map this thing out, the reality is that we're going to see a, a, a deficit in the things that we really need and long for. And we're going to begin to start finding those things in other places that don't last. And so the Holy Spirit is calling me back. And I, want, I, want, I believe he's calling us back to reassessing our seek first reality in our own life, even where we are tonight. So before we get to how, how we really seek first, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drill that out tonight, how to seek first in our lives, 2019 and beyond. The first thing we have to tackle before we go to the how is what are the things that are getting in the way of your life today from seeking God first? Like if we were just to sit down and have a really honest conversation, like if your phone was down, if you weren't able to be distracted, if you weren't sitting with anybody else listening to you talk so you didn't have to think about what that girl thought or what that guy thought or your parents like over your shoulder, it was just you and me or you and like one of your, one of your, one of your people you could be honest with, what would you say? Like, what are the things that you would say are, are getting in the way of you seeking God first? For me, I would just put this big old backpack of busy on the table, and then I'd be unpacking that for a long time, which is a lot of things. Like, busy busy would be a big backpack. But there's so much in that, right? Because busy can be a lot of things. Busy can really be a mindset. Busy can be a reality. But it, there's so much in it. But I think I'd hear a lot of busy from people in this room. I just don't have time. I just got so much going on for my life that... When it comes to seeking God first, like, I don't have time. Like, I barely got my homework done last night to the point that, like, I got to finish it this morning before I get to school. To the point that, like, when I get to school, I'm finishing it before my class period is starting. Feel me? Anybody give me an amen up in here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some of you are like, hurry up and finish preaching, Pastor Chase, so I can get home and get my stuff done before my test tomorrow. I know. I feel you. I was there. What would be your honest answer? For the things that are getting in the way of seeking God first. My next question would be, is it a good enough reason? Like, is it, is it a good enough, I don't want to say excuse, but let's say, let's just for the sake of the, the message, let's say, is it, is it a good enough excuse? And, and before I dive into the how, here's something you have got to clearly hear me say. This, this is not about you feeling like walking out of here guilty for not seeking God first. Please. For the love of God, do not feel or hear that. And here's why. That's not this kind of message. Because if it was this kind of message about you should be feeling this and you should be doing this, like I'm the number one culprit because of my title, because of what I represent as a pastor. I carry a different kind of weight. I'm the number one, I'm the number one offender of somebody that would be able to walk into this thing. And so I, you got to hear me say, like, you're not supposed to walk out of here and not being like, God, I feel like, I haven't been seeing God first, and now i got to figure out how to do this, and, like, I just feel guilty, and I feel, no, because that's the way the enemy wants to twist things, and then you walk out of here defeated and discouraged, but God has got something bigger for you and better for you, so make sure you're hearing the right things tonight. But, but can, I, can, I, can I push you for a second? I might, I might even step a little bit on your toes, if that's okay, because um, you won't see me for another three days to seven days, so you got some time to... You got some time to hopefully forgive me a little bit. But let me, let, me, let me be honest. At least for me, most of the time, 
a night like tonight, the reason why I never left change was because I wasn't honest with myself. Like, I was playing games. I was being a hypocrite. I knew how to play church. I knew how to talk Jesus language. I knew, I knew how to, to talk Bible study language. I knew how to pray. I knew all that stuff. And so for me, most of the time, when I struggled with this kind of stuff about seeking God first, like, I, I just, I, it was just, it was in my DNA. I just played it all out. It was just boom, boom, boom. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. I know all this stuff. And then I would just move on. And it wasn't until the Holy Spirit woke me up and was like, you're playing games, Chase. Stop trying to pretend like, You've got this area of your life figured out, and then you walk into youth group on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, and you're living a different life outside of youth group, but you're trying to be this person, and your parents think you are this person, and your youth, youth leaders think you are this person, but, and, and if, here's what would happen. I, it took God's beautiful grace and conviction to open my eyes and open my ears to being real with myself with where I really was at. I think a lot, I won't say a lot, I think there are a few of us in this room tonight that the Holy Spirit lovingly wants to bring into a big circle and say, stop playing games. Like, stop wasting your time. I love you. I have so much more for you. I have so much more for your life than what you're experiencing all the time and energy you're putting out to just continue to maintain a facaded image of who you are while on the, on the behind the surface, underneath the surface, behind the scenes, you are, you're pursuing things that like are, are really feeding death in your life rather than feeding life. Like be real with yourself tonight. You have an opportunity tonight to just be honest. Just be 100%. This is where I am tonight. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm better than I am because it's not going to help me get anywhere. That's a big deal. I, I, I want to tell you, if you aren't willing to do that, because this is difficult. Can I be honest? Pride-wise, like, it's really tough to do that. To be honest with yourself, like, this is really where I am. It takes a lot of humility in swallowing pride. That's a big deal. But if you're willing to do that tonight, then the next two things I will tell you, I believe God will help transform you in this, two, this next year, 2019. So that's, that's the first thing. Here we go. How to seek first. Three thoughts. Going into 2019, how to seek first. First thought is this. You have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Here's what I mean. Simply, you're like, okay, that sounds about obvious. <laughs> we don't like to make, this generation doesn't like to make decisions, though. We like to, like, wait to make decisions. I don't want to be making a commitment to anything. Because if I have to make a commitment to something... And it means that, like, I don't, I, then I have to, like, follow up with that commitment and fulfill it. Then, like, and I don't want to or I can't, then I don't want to be put in that spot. So I'm not actually going to make a decision. I'm going to wait until my decision's made for me or something else goes around so that I can, I can find myself in a place that's a little bit easier and more convenient for me. That's all got to go away. Let me tell you what. We've got to become a, a generation that learns how to make decisions, learns how to decide when it comes to life, but also the things of God. Here's something that I've seen a lot. A lot of the time I think people wrestle with this idea of, of hypocrisy or, or authenticity. Here's what I mean. There are a lot of times I do not feel like talking to God. There are a lot of days like I don't feel like uh, reading my Bible because I don't feel like, I just don't feel like it. I would way rather, I would way rather catch up on uh, this is us. I would, I would way I would way, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of great shows. Brooklyn Nine Nine's coming back, I think, next week. I'm Andy Samberg. No, nope, couple of you guys. Okay, cool. Um, I would way rather I would way rather just not do anything to do with whatever this stuff is. There there are so many moments that I feel like that. Man, and and here's what happens. I go, am I a terrible person? Am I like not actually a Christian for having that feeling? How can I be a pastor and have that feeling? And here's something that the Spirit of God's been teaching me. A lot of us are waiting for our desires to get right before we start seeking first God. And that's not that's not gonna happen. Because because the desires come after a couple of other things. Let me give you let me give you this, let me give you this step. And here's what we're gonna. Here's what I want you to because the, the misconception is that unless my desires line up with this, then, like, I'm not going to do it. Unless I want to spend time with God, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to be fake. Unless I desire God and the things of God and reading the Bible and praying, like, and I'm not going to do it because, like, that seems like, that seems hypocritical and that seems fake. But the problem is I don't know if you're ever going to desire it, like, for real. Like I said, I wake up every morning and it's like chase, seek, chase first. I don't know how many of you guys wake up and think, like, I ah, genuinely God first. I don't know if I've ever woke up like that. But here's the problem. I, I see a lot of the next generation waiting for their desires to shift before they start seeking God first. And I think we're missing it, missing it big time. Because here's the reality. Decisions lead to disciplines, which then lead to desires. You make a decision to, I'm going to decide tonight, I'm going to seek God first tomorrow morning. I don't care what it is, 30 seconds, 30 minutes, 5 minutes. There's going to be something in my morning that I set before God and go, you're, you're first. Before I step out into me land, into me responsibilities, into me desires and the things I got to do, God, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to seek you first. Even if it's a prayer after you're going to the bathroom. God, today speak to me. I seek you. You're going to make, if you make a decision tonight, I'm going to decide I'm going to seek God first. Here's what's going to start to happen. That decision every single day will turn into a discipline, which all of a sudden will turn into a desire. It's a rhythm. But a lot of us are waiting for the desire to come, and it's not going to come until we make a decision, which then turns into a discipline, which then shifts our desires. Man, I'm looking for a next generation that's like, I'm not going to wait I don't care if I'm not always feeling it. I'm going to make a decision to put God first. And then it becomes a discipline and then it becomes a desire. I will not let my feelings dictate to me how I pursue God. My feelings are not God. So how do you seek first? First, number one, is make a decision. Number two, how do you seek first? Make a plan. Make a plan. Okay, again, really simple, but I want to keep it simple for you to be able to just take home and digest more and more and more. Make a plan. I just saw this on the side of a road on a church sign, and I think I heard it before, and it was pretty cliche, but it makes sense. And you're going to see like those just weird church sign pictures where they try to do something real creative, and it's just not. Uh, church sign. Here's what it said. A goal without a plan is a wish. Cliche, but pretty true. A goal without a plan is a wish. So, so good. Make a decision, but then make a plan. Here is how I am going to attempt to seek God first in my day. Because 
I can't, I'll be honest, I cannot do this without making a plan. If I don't have some kind of strategy to go, this is what it's going to look like for me to seek God first. This is what it's going to look like. I have got to get a Bible reading plan. I go in and out of different Bible reading plans. I don't know if you guys have ever downloaded the Bible app or if you have the Bible app. If you don't, get, get the Bible app, literally, just Bible app. And there's thousands of Bible reading plans that help you go, here's what you should read today, and here's what it means. Just make it a little bit more digestible and easy to understand because it can be a little daunting at times to go, where do I even start? What does this even mean? Do I start at the beginning? What is, what is going on here? Get, get yourself a plan. Part of that plan might be getting yourself a, a reading plan for the Bible. Like this year, I want to read the New Testament. This year, I want to read through the four Gospels. Maybe 2019, I want to read through the entire Bible. Go to the Bible app, pick out a reading plan, and if you need help with that, I've got like 12 off the top of my head that I can give you that will be incredible tools for you as you're learning to seek God first. But you got to make a plan. So how are you preparing to succeed in this? Maybe you need a new journal. Sometimes you just need something fresh. Go, go on Amazon, go to Target, go somewhere, get yourself a new journal. And just go, this is going to be for me and God. This is going to be me and God for 2019. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down my prayers in here. I'm going to write down prayer requests. I'm going to write down what God's word speaking to me, the questions that I have. Maybe you need a, a new journal. Here's the, here's the biggest one, though, for me. All that stuff is good. The best thing is the answer to this question. Who is sharpening you in your life right now? If your plan does not include pursuing somebody who's going to sharpen you, I think you'll fail. I say that out of my personal experience. I fail when I, my plan does not include somebody that's going to sharpen me. What do I mean by sharpening me? Who in your life right now has the permission to call you out and to call you up? Do you have anybody close enough to you that loves you that's not mom and dad? That's fine. Those are great people to do it. They probably do it more than you want them to. Or your guardian or your grandma or your aunt or uncle. Right? But who in your life that's a friend or a, a leader loves you and you know loves you who can call you out and then call you up? Are you pursuing that person? They have to be a part of your plan of seeking God first. Are you pursuing the person who's going to make sure that they're speaking the truth to you in love? Because you have got to pursue them. Don't wait for them to come to you. Pursue them and say, hey, I love you. I know you love me. Will you speak the truth into my life this year and help me seek God first in my life? That's the second one. Final one here. I'm going to invite Chandler back up to the keys here. Just Chandler. Thank you, dude. Can we just, I really like this guy. Can you give it up for Chandler for a moment tonight? Last thing here, and we'll wrap up. So, so make a decision, make a plan, and finally, this is the last one. Make a perspective change. Because I, I, would say, I can't tell you how many times over the last several months I've heard, some, I've heard something like this. I, can't, I, just, I cannot wait to get out of here. <laughs> I can't wait to get out of high school. I can't wait to get out of Olympia. I can't wait until this is over, until this is done, until this is, God, please take me now out of this place. And I've said that so many times in my life in different seasons, and and so I, I say that because I get it. But man, let me tell you, like the more the older I get, the more that statement just breaks my heart. Not because I don't fully understand and empathize with you. But man, I, I hear people say, oh, God, I just need to get out. I just need to go. So I need to go to Olympia's holding me back. High school's holding me back. <laughs> 
I just got it. Or I, I, need a loca- I just need a location change. Or those people that are like, it's a relationship. I just need a relationship. I need, I need to be out of this relationship. Or I need to be in that relationship. I need a relationship change. Or I, I need a family change. My mom, this. My dad, that. My grandma, this. My uncle, that. My aunt, that. Uh, that could just... And I, man, I think that the biggest change that you need, that the biggest change that I need is a perspective change. Because here's what happens. You get that location change. You know what happens? The same stuff in the new location. <laughs> you go to a new place. You get out of that high school. You get out of that. When you graduate, you move to that city. You get in that relationship. You get out of your relationship and in another one. You know what? If you're not changing, you're going to struggle with the same stuff in a different place. And so what I'm here to say tonight is you're looking at 2019 and this idea of seeking God first with your life is that maybe it's not about the external things that need to change. Maybe it's about you that God is trying to change. That God is wanting to reorient, to recalibrate, to say, pause for a second, take a deep breath. Like Wesley said in the beginning of our worship time, just a deep breath. Stop looking at everything on the outside and go, God, what are you wanting to do on the inside? How are you wanting to change me on the inside so that you can use me for your glory to make an impact for your kingdom? God, I want to seek you first. I feel like the Lord would say tonight to, to some of us in here, you need a perspective change more than you need a location change, a relationship change, or a family change. How about you tonight? Seek him first. The possibilities of what will come with the Lord in you when you really seek him first. And it looks different for all of us. And man, here's what's beautiful about God. He's not beating us up when we fail. Like, oh, you blew it this morning. You didn't talk to me. Ah, oh, you blew it this morning. You didn't read your Bible. You decided to watch Netflix. Man, I'm not going to bless you today. See you next week, maybe. That's not how God operates. But I think we think that sometimes, and we carry this guilt and shame of like, oh, I didn't read my Bible. Well, I feel guilty. I feel like I can't. And then the next day, it adds on, and then piles on, and then piles on. And all of a sudden, we're like three months, four months, six months deep of like not seeking God at all because we've blown it about seeking Listen, there's so much space for grace. You got to know that's the way that God operates. He's not looking at you counting tabs. He's like, just anything, just like any time with me. I just love you. I just, I want, I want the best for your life. And the best for your life comes through me. The Father, I'm your source. I'm your provider. Seek me first. Just, just seek me first. Put me in the first part of your day. Put me in the first part of your class. You go into your classes, you're walking through the door before you start talking to a bunch of people. Just, God, lead me in this class today. Help me see the way you see. Amen. What's up? What's up? What's up? Sit down. Oh, crap. I forgot my homework. Go to, go to practice. Go to, God, just lead, will you lead me today? Will you help me hear you? Will you help me see you? Before you blow up on somebody, blow up on mom, blow up on dad, blow up on your, your, your who you thought was your friend because you heard them say something, go into it. God, would you give me grace? God, would you give me wisdom? God, would you give me patience in this moment, in this place, before I go into this conversation? Seek him first.
how we're going to wrap up tonight is I'm going to pray for you. And the reality of the seeking first thing is that you can't do any of it without first realizing that, that Jesus sought you. Like this whole come to God thing, it's not like God's way out there and we're on this like marathon to like find him and then get to him and then to win this race of like, okay, we've, we've worked ourselves up to God and he's like, okay, I love you now. It's the reverse. God ran this marathon race to us. And he found us right where we were, right where you are, even tonight. And he's like, I love you so much that I have eternal life to give you and abundant life to give you now. If you will understand that there's nothing you can do to earn it or deserve it through Christ.